Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. The, the first session was about transitioning, the principle of how fathers transition us from one state of being into another and enable us to come into our destiny. We live life in stages and we live life in seasons. And as I have mentioned to you, in every season in my own life, speaking from my own experiences, God brought to me the right father at the right time in the right season, gifted him and anointed him to be able to impart to me, disciple me, and sometimes correct me so that I could transition from one phase of ministry into the next. <coughs> I want to personally ask you to pray. For what? Help me bring this message to the church in the United States. The church in your country desperately needs to hear and receive a revelation of what I'm sharing with you today. And I'm asking you to pray, and I'm asking you to do whatever is possible for you to do to help me bring this message to the body of Christ in the United States. Now we're going to talk about continuing on the concept, understanding the concept of fathers and sons, and it's part two of the same message. But in this message, I want to speak about how these relationships work. Because after hearing a message such as the one you heard, the most natural thing for you to ask, how does this thing work? How do these relationships work? How do I find my spiritual father? How does a father know who his spiritual sons are? One of the prayers that I constantly pray and believe God is recorded in Scripture where in the book of Isaiah, the prophet said, your sons will come from afar. So I believe God to bring to me, I don't have to go look for them. I don't have to go search for them. And those that come, I don't have to uh, force them to stay or control. And I know in my heart that those whom the Father has given to me shall come to me. And it's a wonderful feeling and a wonderful sense of freedom to wait and believe God that he would bring my sons and my daughters even from afar. And when he does, I say to the Lord, I will know them in the Spirit. I will recognize them. You see, I'm not responsible for everyone I preach to. I'm not responsible except those whom God has given to me. And I need to know who they are, and they need to know who I am. 
Jesus said, I know my sheep and they know me. And if you recall, just hours before the cross, Jesus said something very profound. Praying to the Father in John chapter 17, he said, Father, the work which you have given me to do, I have finished, I have completed, I am ready to come home and be with you. He said those words before he even went to the cross. What work was he talking about? What was he referring to when he said, the work which you've given me, I have finished. I've completed it. I believe he was referring to the sons he raised. He has completed his fatherhood task in raising disciples and sons who were ready now to step onto the platform and continue his ministry. So he said, I'm finished, I'm coming home. One of the things that the Lord said to me many years ago, he said, the greatest influence of your ministry in the years to come will not come directly through you, but indirectly through the sons and daughters whom you have raised, disciple, trained, and commissioned into the harvest fields of the world. That gives me great joy. Truly great joy. So let's lay a foundation on, on this particular message. I'm going to speak about the architect of these relationships. And if you recall, the theme of our conference is hosting Holy Spirit through father-son relationships. He is the architect. The Holy Spirit is the architect, the initiator, the complete, the one who connects us to each other. This is not uh, uh, manly thing. This is nothing, nothing has to do with man, with the ability of man, or with the charisma of men, or the flesh. This is, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, we're going to read once again from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, speaking about John the Baptist. He said, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The relationship that we are speaking about this morning. Between fathers and sons is one that is orchestrated and brought together by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God for the purpose of advancing the Kingdom of God. It is the will of God that the Kingdom be advanced through fathers and sons. One generation imparts to another generation an inheritance which is made up of values, vision, wisdom, resources, and influence, so that the advancement and the growth of the kingdom is multiplied through the generations. That's what we're speaking about. One generation imparts to another, and another, and another. And so the growth is exponential. It is multiplied, 
not just additions, but we're looking for multiplications of anointing, multiplications of power, multiplications of miracles, multiplications of growth. So one generation builds upon the finished work of the previous generation. So they don't start from ground zero. I started from ground zero. Because when my spiritual father died, Father Stefan, when I came into Cape Town, I knew no one. And God was transitioning my ministry and bringing me out of the Orthodox Church. church. So for a period of time, I had no one. I started from ground zero. So the whole purpose is that one generation would build upon that finished work. Paul said, I have laid the foundation, but now another must build on that foundation that I have laid. Amen? Amen. Having a spiritual father in your life places you in a very privileged position so that you don't have to start from ground zero but continue on the finished work of your Father. The Father imparts grace, the Father imparts wisdom and anointing to the Son, and the Father empowers the Son and the daughter to succeed in whatever the Son or the daughter has been appointed by God to do. And this doesn't just work in the ministry, it works in every sphere of life. Today, I have sons and daughters, as I said, who are wonderful businessmen. They are the ones who carry, they are the backbone, the financial pillars and the backbone of our ministry today. I could not have done what I'm doing today with all that we need to do in the ministry without having these sons who contribute financially to the kingdom, to the work of the kingdom, so that we can do what we do. And I am forever and eternally grateful to these sons because they're generous. They have a generous heart and a generous spirit. I value these relationships. They are spiritual sons and daughters of my own ministry. Now, when you have sons, you're a wealthy man. <laughs> when you have sons and daughters, you're very wealthy. Amen? Both, spiritually and financially. Now, some of them are accountants today. Very successful accountants. Some hold managerial positions in various companies, and others are in full-time ministry. Now, as I said, hearing me minister this message in the morning, in the first session, you tend to start looking for a spiritual father. Be very careful. Amen. You know, some people want to connect to someone because of the position they have right. or the influence they have, and they are driven by the flesh but not by the Spirit. Right. You can't do that. How do these relationships work? How does the son recognize or find his spiritual father? How does a father recognize his own spiritual sons and daughters? I do believe, as I mentioned to you, that the Spirit of the Living God is the architect and the guide to these kind of relationships. 
the same Spirit that led us to our Lord Jesus Christ and we got born again is the same Spirit that will guide and lead you to these kind of relationships that we're talking about. You need to understand that. This is the work of the Spirit, not the work of man. Now, by the word of the Lord, remember, Elijah found Elisha. God spoke to him. He said, you go down, you will find a man by the name of Elijah and you anoint him. It was by the word of the Lord that Elijah went to Elisha. He didn't just dream it up or he thought it was a good idea. And it is through the Spirit that Elisha ran after Elijah to serve him and live a life of servitude to the man of God. It was the Spirit that touched both the Father and the Son and brought them together. Do you see it? I mean, how else would Elisha just leave everything, slaughter his oxen, leave his father, leave his mother <laughs> at the word of a man that he had seen for the first time? In fact, in fact, Elijah discouraged him. What have I to do with you? Right. You know, the Lord said to me, those whom I have given to you, they can never leave you. Those whom I have not given to you, they cannot stay with you. No matter how hard you try. And sometimes as ministers, as pastors, we bend, bend over backwards to please people. Make them comfortable. Do this for them. Don't do this. Forget it. If God has not given them to you, they cannot stay with you. If God has assigned them to you, even if you kick them, they won't leave you, the Lord said. Hello. We need to understand that as ministers of the gospel. That brings a freedom and a release. You're not trying to grab onto anybody. And you're not trying to hold anybody to stay with you. Jesus said to the disciples when everybody was leaving him the cross, Do you also want to leave? In other words, you're free to go. I'm not holding you. I want you to be here because you want to be here. If you don't want to be here, if your heart is not here, you will do more damage to me and my ministry. Rather go. Bless you. Those that leave, I bless them. I pray for them. I release them with great joy. See? In the natural and in the flesh is a bad sad, but nevertheless, in the spirit, I rejoice. I say, bless you. Go find your father. Go find your home. Go find your family if this is not your family. If you're not happy here and you grumble and you complain, you're going to pollute the atmosphere anyway. Hello. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? It was by the Spirit of the Lord that Paul called Timothy out of the fellowship he was in. Remember, he was already a disciple. Brother Johnny spoke to us about that. It wasn't his natural son, he was his spiritual son. Paul would have him, Timothy, to go with him. So he called him out by the Spirit of the Lord in order to follow Paul on his apostolic journeys, be fathered and be discipled by him. Right. So you see who's the architect, who initiates and who brings together these kind of relationships. It is the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now... 
God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. You don't determine who your father is. Hello? And you do, I don't determine who are those whom God has called me to serve, to invest, to, to train and equip. The Holy Spirit does. Amen? Amen? Now, having said that, that it is the Spirit who is the architect, the initiator, and the connector of these kind of relationships, we need to be sensitive. We need to be open to his leading and to his guidance. And we need to be responsive to his leading and to his promptings. You need to listen. Listen to your heart. Listen to your spirit. Your spirit will guide you. Oftentimes, I believe we are placed into these kind of relationships by the choices we make in life. And by the spiritual family we choose to be part of. You may come into a fellowship, you may come into a church because you, you, you like the church, you feel comfortable, and you may not know who your father is, but in time, by the choices you make, you will begin to recognize those whom God has placed alongside you and over you to help train and coach and guide you through uh, your spiritual walk. Now, when God brought me into the family of my father-in-law, it was by the choice I made to marry his daughter. I wasn't looking for him, to be honest with you. He was the furthest person that I wanted to father me. He, as I said, he was a tough man. But God saw in his mercy and, um, and brought me by the choice I had made to marry his daughter. And it was in prayer and out of desperation and pain when I cried out to the Lord one day that he opened my eyes. I love that verse of scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, that says, The Lord God has opened my ear and I was no longer rebellious. I gave my cheeks to those that smit me or smite me and my beard to those that plucked off the hair. You know, when God showed me that verse of Scripture, he couldn't be any more on target than he was. In those days, I had a beautiful beard like my son Stephen. My father-in-law hated it. He said, son, only lazy men grow beards. I don't want to see that dirt on your face. You know how often he hammered me about that beard. It was my pride and joy. You know, I trimmed it so beautifully, kept it neat, but he was always on that case. And when God opened my ears and my eyes to see him as a man whom God has placed over my life, the Spirit of the Lord whispered me, Whom do you love most, me or your beard? Now, could the Lord be any more specific than I gave my beard to those that plug off the hair? I went and shaved it off. Even my wife liked it. But I wanted, I wanted to show him that I respect him, that I honor him. That's why I said, the Lord God opened my ears to hear. Many of us need to have these ears so open. Because we hear, but we don't understand. We see, but we don't perceive. And therefore, God cannot help us. 
No matter how loud he shouts, he, we cannot hear. As I was in prayer one day, the Holy Spirit said to me, Son, I have given my people my word and my spirit. If they refuse to listen to my word, I can't help them and you can't help them. Leave them alone. So often we wait so many hours counseling with people that are not prepared to pay the price. Leave them alone. If they're not prepared to hear the word of the Lord, if they're not prepared to hear what the Spirit is saying, you're wasting your time, you can't help them, God can't help them, nobody can help them. Amen. 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 Now, my heart as a son turned to my father. And when I submitted and began to honor him, the floodgates of heaven, as I shared with you, opened over my life. My submission to that man. You know, some folks, and I've heard them say this all over the church, everywhere I go, I submit to no man. Only Jesus is the one I submit to. That is ignoramus, and ignorance gone to seed. Jesus has a body. Hello? If you say to me, you submit to no man, but only to the Lord Jesus, then you are highly deceived. And it won't be long, I'm going to stand back and watch you fall. And when you do, I'm going to come and pick you up and hopefully I can teach you some things about submission. If you cannot submit to men whom you see, how can you submit to God whom you do not see? John says, if you cannot love your brother whom you see, how can you say you love God whom you do not see? The same principle applies here. If you cannot honor the man whom you see, how can you say you honor God whom you do not see? Often our relationship to each other and towards each other reflects what our relationship is like with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Jesus said, if we receive a prophet in the name of the prophet, we receive a prophet's reward. What is a prophet's reward? Restoration. If we receive a father in the name of the father, we receive a father's reward. What is the father's reward? An inheritance. Amen? Amen. Now, if you receive a father in the name of a teacher, all you're going to get from him is a teach. Amen? There are times when the Lord makes these relationships very clear and by the inner witness of the Spirit. Yes, sir. When God connects you to someone, we are drawn to these relationships by the Spirit. I recall my connection and association with Father Stefano was brought about through his writings. When I read one of his books, the baby within me leaped. There was a witness. And when that witness grabbed my heart, I ran after him. I sought him out. I wrote to him. I traveled thousands of miles to come and sit at his feet. It was a divine connection. And it was orchestrated by the Spirit through the word that he had written. I remember I devoured all of his books. I couldn't put it down. Those words he spoke bore so much witness to where I was and what I was doing. You see, a father 
when he speaks, very often he pierces through the veneer of what is seen and goes right deep into your spirit and begins to realign and reposition you through the preceding word of the Lord. That's how Stephen was released onto the platform that he's in today. By the word that came out of my mouth, that word pierced through the darkness, pierced through the confusion, pierced through everything else, set him free from where he was to where he was supposed to be. And that's what a father does. He goes ahead and opens up the way for the son to step onto the platform that he's supposed to step onto. Do you see how much we miss when we do not understand how God works through these relationships? Right. We miss so much. Yes, sir. Ignorance, folks, is our greatest enemy. The words that he spoke, Father Stefano spoke, were nourishment to my weary soul. And when I was facing so much opposition and persecution from my own denomination. I recall speaking about how these relationships work. I recall the testimony of a young man who wrote to me all the way from England. Was a young man of about 20, 24, 25. His mother used to receive my taped messages in the Greek language. We used to send them all the way from Zimbabwe to England, London, England. He got hold one of my messages in English and he said by his own testimony and the letter that he wrote, he said, Pastor Andreas, when I listened to this message on tape, the Spirit of God spoke to me and told me that you are my spiritual father. And just as Moses was to Joshua, so are you to me. And I know that God has sent you into my life to help me to coach me, to father me and disciple me. Well, the end result was all the way he flew from England. Stephen knows him very well. He came, he lived in our house for a year. He was trained, he was fathered, he was ministered to, he was disciplined at times. Today, he is in the Greek Orthodox Church, finishing what I started 35 years ago. He pioneers what they call circles, Greek Bible studies within the Orthodox denomination, and he is promoting today in South Africa and all over South Africa, spiritual charismatic renewal. Hallelujah. How did that relationship came about? Sure, we had our ups and downs, but it was a genuine relationship that was brought together by the Lord. To this day, he acknowledges the fatherly influence and the impartation I deposited within his life to where he is today. One day he said to me, Andrea, I'm carrying on the work you started 35 years ago. He said, I never had a love for the Greeks. I got it from you. I didn't want to have anything to do with Greek people. Where did this passion come? Where did this zeal come to minister to the Greek Orthodox people? You gave it to me, he said. He was right, and he's right. 31 years ago, I'm giving you testimony after testimony and example after example. 
a woman from New Jersey got hold one of my taped Greek messages. Those messages went all over the world. And some of these relationships that I have today goes back 35 years ago, 31 years ago. She was so deeply touched by the Spirit when she listened to that message and she said, when I listened to your voice, there was something that happened in my spirit. She sat down, she wrote me a letter all the way from New Jersey to Zimbabwe. She said, I listened to the word of the Lord in one of your messages and the Spirit of God spoke to me and asked me to invite you to come to the United States to spend time with me and my husband. And if you don't have the money to pay for the airfares, I am sending you the money. All you have to do is just say the word. 31 years have come and gone. The husband has gone to be with the Lord now two years ago. And we have walked in this wonderful, beautiful relationship that we call father and son. They have traveled with me to Greece numerous times to the United, to, to, King, to, uh, to Canada, to the United States. They have invested their lives in servitude, serving me and my family in prayer. Stephen is a result of that woman's prayer and other people's prayers. When she saw him, she cried. She said, I told you your son would be with you in the ministry. I told you that your son will receive a double portion of your anointing. Remember those words. And I remember every word she said. They served as Elisha served Elijah for 31 years long. To this day, she continues to serve me. When I come to Florida, I don't want to stay anywhere else. She says, the prophet's room is there waiting for you. She serves us with the gifts, with her life to this day. And God has blessed them. What are we talking about? Father-son relationships. How do they come about? By the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have an open door in the United States today because of their faithfulness, and the call of God to serve by serving the spiritual father and his ministry. Folks, I'm not preaching something to you that I've read in a book. I'm ministering to you and sharing from my own life's experiences and testimonies. These kind of relationships are so precious. They are a gift from God. We should recognize them, honor them, invest in them. It's all about people. Amen? Amen? Spiritual fathers, as I have mentioned to you, they're not there to replace our Heavenly Father. Far from it. They are there to reveal to us what the Heavenly Father is like by continually pointing us to Him and to His Father's heart through the words and through the deeds. They are there to remind us what our Father is like. Give us a, an earthly taste of what our Heavenly Father is to a small measure. They're not there to replace them. They're not there to control. Amen. They are there to bless. Yes, sir. They are there 
to empower you. If you can just see that. God places them in our lives to give us that kind of taste. Knowing what I know today, folks, I pity the orphan heart. I feel for that orphan heart. My heart cries out for those who have never tasted the Father's love and the Father's affirmation or concern for them. And Brother Johnny shared that. So it is never had the Father's affirmation. Johnny Prophet shared with us how he called his dad. And all he wanted was some kind of fellowship. And the Father said to him, You live your life, I live mine. How do we expect that child to grow up, raise a family, raise sons, when he does not know what it's like to have a father in the home? Fatherlessness is one of the greatest curses on the earth today. And it's in the Amen. church too. Amen. Amen. I believe that the fear of being hurt, the fear of being controlled, the fear of being manipulated, the fear of commitment to these kind of relationships becomes the catalyst of the rebellion and our isolation. You know, Michael Morris, you heard his testimony. As a son, he put his life into my hands. Literally like Isaac put his life into his father's hands. The things that I have instructed him at times to do, he did not even agree with. He thought that was ungodly. Once he was in a relationship with a particular lady, and I knew that this lady was going to lead him down the road. On another direction and trouble began to come into the relationship I called him into my office one day and I said Michael you got to lay this relationship down no texting no calling no phone calling no communication he thought I was cruel but you know what he learned something about submission submission doesn't count unless you come into disagreement with your authority you don't have to submit if you agree with me. If we are in agreement, there's no submission. Submission only comes into play when your spiritual authority instructs you to do something you do not agree with. But he, by faith, he said, Pastor, I believe you have in, my, in your heart my, my welfare. I'm going to cut it. Today he testifies. He said, if I had not obeyed, I would not be where I am today. I would not be walking in my destiny. Amen. Amen. But so many of us are afraid to commit. Even in the church today, people don't understand covenant. The moment they don't like something, they out of it. They walk out. The moment the pastor says something they don't like or they, it corrects them, they out. They go down the road to another church. I don't like my wife, I can change her. Come on. If I'm not getting fulfilled, I have a right to be fulfilled, and therefore I go and find fulfillment elsewhere. Wake up, church. What have we done to the church of our Lord Jesus Christ? The fear of being hurt, the fear of, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. No one is going to control me. That's not control. 
God puts you under an oversight for your own divine protection. Yes, and the only way you can stay protected is if you remain under that oversight and under that covering. Yes, you sir. step out of it, the devil will get you sooner or later. Yes, sir. Amen. None of us is strong enough. Those who seek their own desire, the Bible says, isolate themselves. So we have many orphans within the house of God today. They are there. They come to church. They sing praises. They raise their hands. They even pay their tithes. But the heart has never made that connection. They have never connected to the grace of God that resides within that house. And the problem is not with the house. The problem is with their orphan heart that is closed. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts. And we're going to have to come to a place. I've been hurt many times in ministry by people. But I have made a promise to God that I will never allow my heart to close against anyone. The moment you close your heart to someone, you close your heart to God. I'm not afraid of being hurt. I have learned to process pain by the help and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I will open my heart and invest my life in those whom God I know has given me to do so. They may hurt me. A few months ago, a 20-year-old relationship of a son they walked away I blessed them was I hurt of course I was hurt but it's not about me hello we had 20 wonderful most blessed years but you see when we allow our hearts for pride to enter in we we are changed we become another person hello and you see pride is the most deceptive sin of all sins. It is undetected. It can live in the best of us. Someone said, we are being gassed within the church of the Lord Jesus through the sin of pride, and we don't even realize it. You see, the battle is moved on to the third dimension now. It's no longer physical persecution and throwing you to the lions. The sin of pride enters in and we are gassed to death and we do not even understand it. May God protect us from the sin of pride. Usually these kind of folks, the orphan heart, listen to me, is bent on doing its own thing at the cost of the furtherance of the kingdom. Trying to serve God on their own terms. Yes, I will serve you, but on my terms. No, 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 no. That kind of service is not acceptable with God. You serve Him on His terms. And if you're not willing to serve on God's terms, rather don't serve Him at all, because it is not received, blessed, or accepted by God. And there are many today. They have ministries even. Illegitimate ministries. They're serving God, but on their terms, not on God's terms. Right. And there is nobody to tell them, you sit down. Right. You get off the pulpit, you do not stay on that pulpit, you do not remain until I say so. <laughs> you find people like that today, you're going to have to look for them with a candle. <laughs> they do whatever they want to do, 
And the next day they're back on the pulpit. And the foolish people follow them. That's it. Yes, sir. Amen. Hello. Hello. Are you out there? Yes, sir. Are you there? Yes, no, I did. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> the writer to the Hebrews has much to say about the orphan heart. You study that chapter. In chapter 12, he calls them illegitimate children. The Greek translation calls them bastards. Have no father. What is a bastard? An illegitimate child. Children who refuse to be disciplined and children who refuse to submit to spiritual authority. Some folks, they think they can submit and serve God without submitting and serving their delegated authority. That is deception in the highest form, folks. If we, as I said, if we can't submit to men whom we see, how can we submit to God whom we do not see? Such folks have no home, they have no family, no inheritance. And they go from place to place bleeding and spewing out their hurts and their garbage, accusing pastors, accusing churches, how horrible they have been to them, looking for someone to feel sorry for the pain. Come on. They go from place to place seeking to enforce their own agenda, create their own platforms of ministry. Hello? Rather than submitting to the Father's mission. Sons are recognized primarily by the servant heart. They are with you, not for what they can get, but what they can give to you. And it is in giving that they receive. It is in serving that they are promoted. That is the way of the kingdom, folks. That is the law of sowing and reaping, as Pastor Frank shared with us. They lay down their lives, they lay down their own dreams, they lay down their own agendas in order to serve the Father's mission. Which are you today, my friend? I'm asking you that question. We have some young folks here today. Which are you? Are you a son or a hireling? Are you a son in the house or an orphan? Whose mission are you serving? The father's or your own? There's one mistake that we're making in the church and that is this. What am I called to do? You will never find that out if you approach it in that manner. You should ask, whom am I called to serve? Hello? Whom has God called you to serve today? By recognizing the person you call to serve, you will find your own calling within that calling. You will discover your own strengths, your own weaknesses, your own charisma, and your own place in the body of Christ through servanthood. Don't ask what you call to do. Ask who are you called to serve and begin to serve. Too quiet in here. Mm -hmm. 
through your own servant heart, you're going to find your own self. That's the way of the kingdom. Promotion can only come from the Lord, folks. Not from the West, not from East. God promotes those who serve with a loyal and an undivided heart. Listen to what Isaiah said in Isaiah 42 verse 1. The prophet speaking of Jesus said the following. Behold, look, my servant whom I uphold. Listen to those words. Uphold. That tells me God upholds whom? You want to be upheld? You got to be a servant. He goes on to say, My elect in whom my soul delights. Whom does the Lord delight in? In a servant's heart. He goes on, I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Where does God put his spirit on? And on whom? Behold my servant. I will uphold, I will delight, and I will pour out my Spirit upon him. Do you want an outpouring of the Spirit upon your life in a double portion? Start serving. Without conditions. Amen? Amen. I want to give credit to whom is credit. Uh, I thank God for Danny. He's my servant when I come. I tell him, you be there at 5 o'clock in the morning, he's there 10 to 5. Ready, dressed, take my suitcase, put him in the car, drive me to the airport, bring me back from the airport, drive me from one place onto the next place. And he does that with such a big heart and a big smile, I cannot help but I always laugh when I'm around him. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. You talk about a servant. He's got a servant's heart. Of all the forms that our Lord Jesus could have chosen to come into this world, what form did he choose? What does that tell you? If there is one thing that I'd love to see accomplished today through this ministry, is that you find your place is that you properly positioned and aligned next and beneath your own spiritual father. Honor him. Hallelujah. You know, often my sons and my daughters, we have what we call a principle of first fruits. Not many people in the United States know about this principle. The, the first fruit principle is a principle of honor to spiritual fatherhood. They would come up and they would put some, a sum of money in my hand, give me a big hug. Thank you, Dad. I love you. You have invested in my life. If they don't do that, they do it electronically. Very often my phone is beep, 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 beep. That's one son, the other one is the other daughter. Honoring, honoring. You see, honor is not just lip service. That's right. Pastor Frank preached a message once and he said, your spiritual father not only has a place in your heart, but he has a place in your pocket. That's good. That's good. Don't tell me you honor me, but you've never ever reached out and took me for a meal or never given me a love gift or to say, how do you express that honor? 
it has to be something that is tangible. And I have taught my sons all over the world and my daughters. We teach them about these principles and they do it not because they have to, but because they love to and because they want to. Honor the man in your life. There are great rewards that come from the principle of honor. What you sow, you will reap. Amen? Amen. You get something out of this today? Thank you for allowing me the privilege. We have an opportunity to pray just now. But I, I, I want to... Um, I want to also give you a time where you may have some questions. So we will devote a portion of our time to questions and answers. Then we will pray for people who want to be prayed for. But before I do that, I want to call my son up, Stephen, who will share his, a little bit about his life and about his testimony, and especially how he transitioned from one place to the next through the principles that I am sharing with you now. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here and thank you for allowing me to impart this beautiful principle of the kingdom of God to you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.